Audio presents this unabridged recording of A Croc Called Capone. Written by Barry Johnsberg and read by Stigweeds. The dedication reads for Jasmine and Maya. Here's an interesting fact. Crocodiles are, generally speaking, not fussy about dental hygiene. I know this because I've stared into a large saltwater crocodile's gaping jaws. I stared because it's hard not to. Trust me on this. Imagine. I was sitting on a muddy riverbank, soaking wet and filthy. My best friend Dylan was at my side. Next to him was a small, dirty white dog. Not three metres from my face... A five-metre salty eyed us as if choosing an entree from a dinner menu. It opened its jaws and slithered closer. Rows of sharp, yellowed teeth loomed. Judging by the chunks of flesh-coloured material lodged firmly between its impressive incisors, this was a croc that wasn't overly bothered about a two-minute brush before bedtime. I'd be willing to bet it never flossed. Dill and I were in a bad position. What made it worse was another six crocs circling to our left and right. True, they weren't as big as the monster in front of us, but you'd have to be amazingly optimistic to take any comfort from that. We were surrounded. Well, Dill, I sighed. At least things can't get any worse. And then they did. The dog farted. Even the croc blinked and moved back a pace. It might have fancied itself as the most efficient killing machine on the planet, but this fart was a weapon of mass destruction. I was almost hoping the croc would just attack and put us out of our misery. How did we get into this situation? I thought, sitting on a slimy mound of mud, surrounded by man-eating crocs and enveloped in a fog of sulphurated hydrogen. I knew the answer to that. It all started six weeks ago. Chapter One. A little pain never hurt anybody, said Rose. You are such a sook, mucus. At any other time, I might have argued the truth of both these statements. As it was, I came up with the best reply I could manage under the circumstances. Ow! The thing is, when you have your head clamped under someone's arm and that someone is rubbing their knuckles very, very hard across the top of your scalp, it's difficult to find an intelligent response. If you mess up this holiday, mucus, continued Rose, I'll make you wish you'd never been born. I did wish I'd never been born. It felt as if my brain was being beaten with small baseball bats wrapped in barbed wire. The pain brought tears to my eyes. I won't. I swear I won't. I read somewhere about prisoners of war being tortured for information. Really nasty people stuck slices of bamboo underneath prisoners' fingernails or beat them on the soles of the feet with red-hot paddles or gave them electric shocks on tender body parts. In the stories I read, the guys being tortured always kept their secrets. Lying there on my bedroom floor, pinned under Rose's sweaty armpit... I knew I would not only give up all information in three seconds flat, I'd make up secrets just so I could spill them. Maybe I am a sook. Anyway, I was prepared to say anything Rose wanted, if only she'd stop mashing my head to jelly. But as it turned out, it didn't matter what I said. 
she carried on hurting me anyway. Rose likes dishing out pain. It's that simple. Swear you'll behave yourself, she said, her knuckles grinding away somewhere just behind my eyes. I swear! On what? Good question. What could I swear on? A stack of Bibles! I gasped. You're not religious! I could hear suspicion in her voice, and a touch of vicious glee that she'd spotted the floor in my answer. I swear to God I am! I said. I have no idea why, but this seemed to satisfy her. It might have something to do with Rose having the brains of a flea. She let go of my head and stormed out of my bedroom, slamming the door.